Are you ready, kids? Get your parents' permission, check your mailbox, and grab your shopping cart. It's time for the Adventures in Collecting podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Dave. Welcome Welcome to to Adventures Adventures in Collecting, Collecting, where we talk toy news, culture, and hauls, along with our journeys as collectors. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Adventures in Collecting podcast. Uh, What you're about to hear and see, actually, because we did a video. Oh, wait. Hi. Yeah. (laughs) I just wanted to wave. Um, What you're about to hear and see is uh, we we got to sit down with uh, the Star Wars team at Hasbro uh, for a a little virtual roundtable. And uh, do we want to give just some quick takeaways? Do you have any takeaways Um, from the It was very interesting. Um, Learned... Learned some stuff. Um, learned, basically, you know, like you. I mean, you'll get to see it very, very soon, um, as soon as we stop talking. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool to get like you know, a little kind of post event recap. Yeah, and uh, that's what you're about to see. Yeah. So uh, let's cut to uh, to Emily and Patrick, and you're gonna see see some faces and hear some voices, depending on how you're you're taking this in. Uh, from s- some other really great uh, Star Wars blogs out there. So, uh, r- roll tape. Yeah, roll tape. Uh, morning. Uh, the newly announced Hasbro Pulse uh, Boba Fett throne room playset, will it physically connect to the Walmart-exclusive Jabba's throne room? And no, thanks for... Match... Go ahead. Oh, and will it match in color and the, um, the scheme and be cohesive-looking with the previous... So thanks for asking this one. I would say that this is definitely something we um, wanted to review and evaluate if these could physically connect. Unfortunately, there is such a height difference since the new set has that staircase leading up into the elevated balcony and the other set was, you know, flat to the ground that it didn't quite make sense as we evaluated that for them to physically connect with the different levels. But what I can say is that we really looked at the previous release sets stylistic intention. We looked at the crumbling top walls. We looked at the, you know, the texture across the arch and the wash deco across it and said, you know, we want to create something that's going to visually look great, even if they are just set on the shelf next to each other. So that's, uh, that was our approach. Okay. Thank you. All right, Mark, you're up next. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, so we've been seeing a longer and longer lead times with each pre that comes up. Um, the last few that were offered the day are now this says 2023. Is this the result of like the pandemic and importing problems at ports, or should we expect this to be the norm that we're pre-ordering a year, sometimes 18 months in advance? Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely a result of the pandemic, and obviously, you know, it's not what we would want to see happen. There's no there's no benefit to us. Um, we're facing global logistical issues like like every company around the world. Uh, we're working to provide kind of that accurate information as soon as possible. Um, I think the other thing is we've heard from the community a, a desire for more transparency and to know what's coming. And so, you know, we that's what led to us doing pipeline reveals starting last year. And we want to share the product as soon as we have, you know, a quality product uh, to share. And so I think we'll continue doing that as soon as possible in the process. But we would hope that as the world returns to normal at some point in the future, that those uh, shipping times would improve and that gap would reduce. That's our hope. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. All righty, Lacey, you're up. Hey guys, good morning. Hey, nice to morning. see you again. Happy New Year. Um, so 
going off that question with the supply issues, have you guys had to pivot or make any changes with your kind of planning for toys and figures? Like, has anything been canceled or have you been like, okay, that's got to be put on the back burner because we can't even get to it right now? Yeah, nothing's been canceled. Uh, certainly nothing we've uh, kind of revealed publicly mm-hmm. uh, and shared with the world. Um, it, we had a similar question on a, a previous interview, but, you know, the goal is to to get, you know, all the product out that the community wants, you know, as quickly as possible and in a sane manner. And so I think earlier the question was asked, you know, when the world returns to normal, hopefully at some point soon, will we just right. ship it all? And I, I think, you know, we would hopefully be a little more thoughtful than that and space it out a little bit so that the waves don't pile up. But uh, honestly, that'll be a good problem to have at that point compared to where we are now. And, you know, we certainly have pivoted where we where it makes sense, but no plans at this point to cancel anything. And I don't think we would expect to see that. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Eric. Hey, guys. Um, hey. So uh, you really focused on the concept of world building in yesterday's stream. And the, uh, the three vintage collection army builder sets have been a, a huge hit. Is there any hope that uh, Black Series collectors will get a similar kind of stripped-down multi-pack army builder experience? No, it's a a great question. Certainly something we've discussed. And, you know, I forget who. Emily or Eric, our lead designer on Black Series, they they work so collaboratively. I forget where that idea came from, but uh, it probably came from them both. Um, But, but yeah, it's certainly something we've talked about. It is something we could see in the future. Um, We know that troop building is important in both scales. And so, yeah, potential for the future. Thank you. Absolutely. All righty, and then Chris to end out round one. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, my uh, question is, uh, it kind of goes with uh, another question that somebody already asked. Um, it's about the long pre-order estimates. Um, I just want to make you aware that uh, some companies like Walmart, for example, are unable to change the payment method once you've pre-ordered an item. So a friend of mine, for example, has eight different Walmart uh, pre-orders currently, and his credit card is about to expire, and they're unable to accommodate uh, his payment method change. So he's probably going to lose all those pre-orders, and uh, they're basically telling him to go ahead and reorder the items, but they're, of course, uh, all sold out. Uh, so just want to throw this out there with, you know, the uh, Jabba's, uh, the uh, Boba Fett's throne room place that coming out, uh, for example, being one and a half years out, for example. Uh, that uh, could cause some problems for some people in terms of credit cards uh, yeah. payments. Yeah, no, I'm taking a note right now. And we've said in the past, you know, we appreciate you guys taking the time to do this because this is a great way for us to to learn and kind of improve these things. So we, we have great conversations with our retailers. You know, a few months ago, I think we set up a, a conversation with Emily directly, um, kind of with our internal teams. And you know, they're, they're eager to learn. Uh, we're all eager to kind of address these issues. So that's, that's good to know. In terms of the accuracy of those dates, you know, I think certainly we don't know what the next several months will bring. I think we, we err on the side of, of caution. And so I don't think we want to promise a date and then not be able to hit it. Um, those are as accurate as we can say at this point while still being a little more cautious to avoid any disappointment down the line. But that's great feedback. And, you know, we'll do what we can to address that. Thanks. Absolutely. All righty. Back to the top. We'll kick it off again with Dan. Uh, there's a lot of concerns among collectors about the vintage collection and deluxe packs that have been introduced and their perceived value, especially with the giant leap from $20 to $27 for the deluxe Boba Fett tattooing pack. How do you go about deciding what characters to utilize, what to add to make a pack deluxe, and what justifications go into the pricing certain packs more than others? 
Yeah, there's a lot of different things that can drive that higher price point for a figure, whether it's deluxe for Black Series, world building for vintage. Uh, certainly size is one of them. Uh, soft goods can be one. You know, I know when we announced our first Black Series General Grievous deluxe figure, those were the two things. We had we had, had that in the main line for literally several years, and it just we kept not being able to make it work. But it worked at a deluxe price point, and we were finally able to get it out. Um, complexity is another one. And then Deco is a huge one as well. Um, Boba Fett in his armor is one of the, if not the most highly decoed characters in the line. And it's not something we would want to compromise on. Like that is what makes these products targeted at, you know, the fan at, you know, sometimes the adult collector. We know a lot of kids enjoy these products as well. Um, that's the major difference. We wouldn't want to compromise on that. And we honestly, we just couldn't, we can't make them work in mainline just the same way we couldn't make that grievous work. We are able to get them out at those higher SRPs. But Deco is a huge one, honestly, and you know it's it just is what it is. And again, it's not something we want to compromise on. Oh, thank you, absolutely, thank you, Mark. Back to you. First, I want to compliment everybody on getting a memo of wearing a black shirt of some kind. <laughs> it's Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I have, my question is in regard to the Ranger Haslab. Um, are there any lessons, if any of you guys learned through that being a Star Wars one that didn't? make it when the others have and um will we ever see their anchor again if you can say that yeah no i mean certainly yes absolutely we learned lessons from that that has lab the whole goal of it and star wars launched the first one with the barge several years ago it's all about you know allowing the community to decide if those dream projects get developed and, and I, i'll say i i backed you know a couple i really wanted those in my house uh my wife probably didn't but that's okay uh and we really appreciated the fans who supported it and wanted to make it happen. And kind of, you know, our hearts broke for ourselves and for them. You know, ultimately the community decided that this particular project and this particular configuration with these details wasn't what they wanted to see. Um, we literally, you know, the next day I think we had a regroup uh, to to see what lessons there were. And I will say, you know, we've also, you know, been reading online as we always do and. You know, from these conversations, it's helpful, you know, so that we're drawing the right conclusions about what didn't work and improve for the future and not just kind of, you know, drawing blanket conclusions about, you know, hierarching things. Okay, thank you. Absolutely. Lacey, back to you. Man, this is a good group. We're vibing on questions. We all have similar questions, but I can keep going. <laughs> Great with lines. Questions. Yeah, go. so uh, going back to the Rancor, which I love Rancors, huge fan favorite creature for me. Um, Unfortunately, it didn't go through, which is really sad. However, we did get a new Rancor with the Book of Boba Fett. So I was kind of curious, do you guys obviously watch these properties? And I know, Patrick, you've mentioned with Luke Skywalker with The Force Awakens, you had no idea he was showing up. So like you had to make that figure later. How do you guys handle when you watch a property and something like that Rancor shows up and you're like, this is a Rancor that they actually ride. <laughs> like, how do you handle those new things that pop up? And like, where do you go yeah. from there with planning future stuff? Because I know a lot of people have critiqued like, oh, why does this figure come out so much later than when we saw it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, and I forget at this point if we've said it in this session or another one. But, you know, I honestly wouldn't have it any other way. Like everyone who experienced, you know, Luke at the end of episode seven or the child Grogu appearing... Right. That took the world by storm because no one knew it was coming. Uh, and so we trust Lucasfilm, you know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, obviously, for uh, The Mandalorian implicitly, like they've proven it out. Um, and if it means we don't get product later, that's something we're happy to do to have just the, the strength of that impact as Star Wars fans. Um, so, you know, how did we feel when we saw the Rancor and, uh, you know, uh, in the 
book of Boba Fett. You know, obviously as a fan, it was amazing. Um, and so, you know, I think we're, we're always evaluating what we'll do in the future uh, based on what we see on screen. But yeah, we do see some of those things at the same time and that's the way it should be. Awesome. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. All righty. Back to you, Eric. I'm going to I'm going to hand this one over to the other half of the podcast. Uh, my brother, Dave here. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Good morning. Um, so with pre-orders officially launching for Omega and Echo later today, that completes the core Bad Batch team for the Black Series. Um, does the work that has gone into producing those figures make it likely that we'll see them soon in the Vintage Collection? So I can say that the Vintage Collection team has been watching the Bad Batch and just as excited about it as the Black Series team. Um, for us, we, you know, obviously are always building a balance across the line of which contents to uh, address first. We can't have, you know, we can't make any announcements about specific characters today, but there could be potential future for the Bad Batch. Love to hear it. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. And we will finish out round two with Chris. There's uh, always a lot of discussions about what makes a deluxe figure a deluxe figure. And uh, I was hoping that you could talk about the Black Series Dark Trooper a little bit. Um, what makes that particular figure a deluxe figure? Is it taller than other figures? Yeah. So I think for that one, and again, it's, it's not a one size fits all. It's not just always size or always deck or always soft goods. It's literally just figures that, and again, I go back to Grievous, like we had waited a long time to do that. If we didn't have our deluxe line, we wouldn't be doing the Dark Trooper. It's as simple as that. And it's because of his size. You know, we see it in the Mandalorian. He's just too big uh, to, for us to be able to do in mainline. So that is the key determinant for him. Gotcha. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. All righty. Back to the top with Dan. Um, this question's kind of been asked already about the Rancor. Is there any chance you guys would consider offering the failed HasLab exclusive uh, Rancor again in a different format? It's pretty close to getting funded. It was at 88,533 backers. And what turned off what pe uh, what turned some people off was the choice of repacked figures and the bonus tiers and the price seemed a bit high. Um, I hate to see you guys waste all that time and money on that product and not get it out there. Yeah, I mean, again, we... I, I really wanted that for my, for my house. Again, it might not have been a unanimous opinion with my household, but um, again, kind of we've, we've drawn lessons from that. You know, I don't have anything to share as to whether we would explore that again. Um, but again, we've drawn lessons uh, for the future and we're excited to apply those for future projects. Cool. Absolutely. All righty, Mark, back to you. Yeah, hi. Um, I'm going to go back to something private talk about for like, 10, 12 years, which is distribution. Um, it seems to continue to be a problem, especially with a lot of us that are on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, we all follow each other, put pictures out there. And some of us are finding the Mecca in toy aisles and some of us are finding absolutely nothing. And I know a lot of that is in your control, it's the store's control, this, that, and the other. Well, my question specifically is when it comes to with the Walmart, the Targets, the Walgreens, those exclusives, why don't they ever have them also online for more than like 30 seconds? Like they're announced, it'll be out in 2022, say, okay, it's, it's, it's normal. And then it's wait, 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 wait. And then Target canceled half the time, got to reorder again, and it's not in stock. And they only offer like very few in store. I even went to managers and like, oh, we only got one case of that. But order it online. And some of us still like the old-fashioned running out hunting, looking for the card we want, yeah. the figure we want. And it seems like as time goes on, we're seeing them less and less on the pegs in regards to Star Wars, of course. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think we, we, 
yeah, I think we were making some progress here kind of over the, the you know, latter part of the, the teen years, um, you know, before the pandemic hit, you know, we shared in the past things like we moved to less waves to make sure that retail could work through all of those waves. You know, we've shared in the past you know, distribution globally. We set up summits to kind of discuss these issues and, and work through them. I think the pandemic kind of hit a snag for us. Um, and we've been working through those new curveballs. You know, we do value, obviously, we wouldn't be able to get these products out without our retail partners. And so we do certainly value them. Um, we wouldn't be able to do a lot of the items in the line without them. Um, you know, we're also sharing learnings with them as well. And I, again, I forget if I mentioned it here in a previous one, but uh, we scheduled time with uh, Emily actually to share some kind of learnings she had heard from the community with our internal team. So, so when those new issues pop up, we're certainly trying to, to address them. It seems like there's more of them uh, given the state of the world. But again, we're hopeful as things return to normal, uh, we'll be able to improve these issues as well. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And now, a word from our sponsors. And now, back to the show. Lacey. Um, playing off Mark's question, because we're just like clearly on the same wavelength today. <laughs> Uh, one of the coolest things about being a Star Wars fan is definitely the going to the stores, looking for merchandise, Triple Force Friday, those kind of events. Um, obviously those were kind of coincide with the movies and I know Disney and Lucasfilm have kind of pivoted more into the streaming service and Disney plus with the Mandalorian, just like taking over everything, you know, it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, are there any plans to do any type of release events at the same time of shows and not just movies because those have kind of taken over as the important uh, content for Lucasfilm? Yeah, we can't comment on any uh, future plans, but of course, you know, we did this, I'm getting my years mixed up at this point. I think it was in 2020 uh, with Mando Mondays. Um, yes. And we we had a lot of fun with that program and it was cool. You know, you mentioned Triple Force Friday and Force Friday and Force Friday too before that. Those were kind of singular events. Like, I know I love, you know, those are fun because they're in the moment, but then they pass and you're like, oh, what's next? I love Mando Mondays because it was this, you know, two or three month long period of excitement and news and kind of keeping up with the show and seeing things in the show and then seeing them released in product. So um, that was a lot of fun. You know, I think it certainly can provide a model for the future. Um, and yeah, we're excited to see what comes from that. So if anything, it would probably be more on the Mando Monday side than the Trip Force Friday, which is a one and done type thing. I wouldn't necessarily draw that conclusion. Okay. Um, you know, both certainly serve their purpose uh, and, mm -hmm. you know, provide learnings for the future. Okay, cool. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. Eric, Eric or, or uh, Eric's brother, whichever one. <laughs> Eric and Dave. Eric and Dave. Eric, it's back you, to Dave. me this time. There we go. Um, so we absolutely love the shift in recent years going back to play sets, you know, kind of that Kenner vibe going all the way back to the, you know, the 70s and 80s. Uh, what led to that focus now, you know, in the past couple of years? And can we expect to see more released and announced, uh, you know, as the year goes on? Thank you. We love the playset world too. I would give a credit in this uh, in this question to the the amazing designer that came before me on the vintage collection, which was Sam Smith, and some of the awesome you know yes yeah, Sam, um, some of the awesome you know playsets that really brought these back into the line. I, I would say as well that I think some of the inspiration for the Star Wars team to bring this world of playsets and world building some of that inspiration comes from the fans. You know, you guys are creating incredible shelf dioramas at home, awesome setups for photography that you know lights up our imaginations too that totally inspires us we want to be in on the fun of that as well and setting up that world building just like you guys are and so it's it's just a really you know community inspires toys inspires community type of circular fun 
Awesome. Yeah, I that I mean, kudos again. I know, you know, we've it's we've probably heard it ad nauseum at this point, but that uh that throne room playset yesterday was 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 definitely worth the the little bit of uh hype that that was going into the the event. So, yeah, kudos. Thank you so much. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Chris, round 3, bring us home. Um you've pipeline revealed the Han Solo uh for the Black series uh from the Force Awakens and the uh Princess Leia Bush figure. Um, will Han have his gray hair and will Leia have the correct height this time around? Right. So um, we are very glad uh, that you guys have anticipation for these pipeline reveals. I would say that after chatting with the team, sometimes the pipeline reveal, it's just a little bit too far out for us to start to confirm details like that. So unfortunately, we don't have answers today, but um, keep up the anticipation and we can't wait to share them. Gotcha. Thank you. All righty, round four. Dan, kick us off. Hey, uh, do you know what happened to the Walgreens exclusive Black Series Clone Trooper 212th uh, uh, Battalion figure? It never hit stores, and when you check with the distribution or the managers and stuff in the stores, they're saying it's discontinued. Yes, uh, it's. I looked into this. It's definitely not discontinued. Again, I know. I think we revealed it last summer. I think announced it was coming later in the year. Then announced it was coming earlier this year. Um, and again, that's never our goal, right? It's just not good to like kind of keep pushing things back, uh, which I think gets to an earlier question about kind of the, the longer gap we're trying to, you know, set more reasonable expectations. Um, I, I did confirm it is still coming. You know, obviously we produced the figure. We want to get that out to fans who are excited for it. Um, it. It'll be coming a bit later this year. And I know that's kind of the same update. And so at this point, I do want to say sometime in 2022 is our expectation. And I know that's a year after it was announced. Um, it's not our goal for this to happen, but I also don't want to say it's going to be out in a couple of months and then uh, have to come back in a couple of months with another update. So we're, we're fairly confident it'll be out at some point this year. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Back to you, Mark. I guess it's sort of a follow-up, but a new question on one I asked earlier um, about the pre-orders in the long time. And we understand now it's a lot of the logistics in the world we're in right now, yeah. but a lot of our readers, when I ask for any questions, is probably like, 30% of them were the exact same question. If you know it's 2023, why even announce it right now? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Why not wait a little bit longer um, instead of having to be such a long gap? Yeah, no, it's interesting. And, you know, I think we, we refer to the fans and we refer to the community, and it's obviously not a monolith. There's lots of different opinions. I know we hear and read a lot a desire for greater transparency. And so we did pipeline reveals a year ago, and and as soon as basically we have, there's obviously a development process, right? And so we reach some, a point where we have a version of the product that's, you know, representative of the final one that's, you know, good enough to share with the community. And so once we hit that point, we don't want to hold it back because we want to be transparent uh, with you all and with the, with the fans. So at that point, that's when we reveal it. Uh, we also know when we reveal it, you know, fans want to kind of lock it in. They don't want to be worried about when they're going to be able to get it. So, so that's why we have this larger gap. Again, you know, as hopefully the state of the world gets back to normal, we should see that gap shrink uh, to what it's been kind of more uh, before the past couple of years. Thank you. Absolutely. Lacey, back to you. Awesome. So uh, with a lot of exclusives and across different distributors, uh, I know people have brought up questions here about things either being delayed or not showing up. Um, this is actually a question of the opposite kind of problem is that things are showing up super early for some fans and not for others. 
Um, are there any plans to fix that? Because as an example, the Ray lightsaber, some people got it this past fall and then people that ordered through you guys haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, no. And again, I, I I'm sorry. It's a similar answer. I think basically, yeah, okay. Oh no, it's fine. You know, it's, it's a good question. In the past, it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty straightforward process, right? Like the product would all arrive, you know, there was a certain ramp up, but it would all arrive generally at the same time. We're just not seeing that now. And and this is not just Hasbro. This is across kind of the entire right. industry, not just the toy industry. It's everywhere uh, that there's just a lot of unpredictable kind of shipping issues and curveballs. Again, that's not the goal either. We want, you know, we want the community to have kind of a, a unified, positive experience. So we're, we're working on things like that. That's why we, we moved at one point to revealing, but not pre-ordering. We got some, you know, there were some difficulties with that. So we pivoted back. But we're always trying new things to make the experience more positive. We'll continue doing so, but feedback like this is helpful in doing that. I appreciate the honesty. Thank you so much. Absolutely. No, appreciate the question. Um, I think it's Dave up now, if I've got the cadence right. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, returning to the idea of world building. We've seen some incredible large-scale vehicles recently in the Vintage Collection, um, with the most recent, of course, being the Antoc Merrick X-Wing. Um, with so many toyetic smaller-scale vehicles like speeders, swoop bikes, and the like, are there any plans to include things like that in the line? Thank you. Yeah, I think that we definitely, we can't share news today about any specific releases, but the team has definitely been watching the vehicles coming about in the new content. And, you know, there were obviously some great ones in the recent show. Um, the things that we're thinking about and paying attention to and um, can't announce any current plans, but, you know, this type of stuff will always be a part of the Star Wars world. Yeah, trip to Ma Mas Vespa would be, uh, would be awesome. <laughs> Freetown, right? Freetown. Yeah. Right. No, I think I'm getting them mixed no, up. Yeah. Moss Pelgo and, and Pel Pel Pelgo. Pelgo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many mosses. The newly named Moss Vespa. There we go. This is the awesome. nice Vespa gag. Yep. <laughs> All righty. Uh, Chris, back to you. So I've almost run out of questions because everybody else already asked the same questions, basically. But I have one more here. I'm not sure if you can talk about it, but uh, back in October of last year, there were five Black Series holiday figures that popped up on the secondary market and people have been buying them off of eBay. Is there anything you can comment on? When are we going to see those figures in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah. yeah, as always, we can't comment on anything we haven't revealed, but I, I think it's safe to say any holiday figures uh, that we would release in the future, uh, we would do so kind of in the lead up and during the holidays. Gotcha. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, back to the top, last round. Uh, let's kick it off with Dan. Um, making Mandalorian uh, figures, particularly ones with Grogu, is like printing money. So why is the vast majority of those uh, exclusives uh, and not general releases? Because it's like, it's a really popular figure and it seems like it's limited when they're exclusives. And then why not make more obscure figures that are exclusives to the stores? Yeah, no, I think, and I'm trying to think through the line over the past few years, but I think the main variants uh, have been mainline items. Uh, if you think about Mando in his kind of iconic look at the start of the show, and then with his Beskar armor, I think both of those have been uh, mainline in both Vintage Collection and Black Series. Um, but that said, we want to get the other variants out there for the the fans in the community that want them, because we know that kind of those those details of, you know, in the Black Series is muddy look on Arvala 7 or his, you know, snow, snow frosted look uh, are important for those scene specific displays. 
Uh, we, we also don't want, you know, mainline to be half Mandalorian variants because uh, we know that kind of it's, you know, it's not everyone who wants those differences. So we want to get those variants out there. And, and honestly, exclusives are the way to do it. Again, without making mainline half Mandalorian figures, we wouldn't be able to get those variants out there. And so exclusives give us a, a great way to do that. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. Mark? Yeah, my final question is uh, one that I had myself and a few readers had as well is, and I don't know if you could speak on it or not, is it too much for you guys with the Disney machine going as fast as it is with, you know, the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, the original trilogy stuff, the vintage collection, are all these additional shows and things coming up? Is it getting to be like, okay, I want to make everything, but I just can't. I have to cut off some line because there's no way possible we can make these people right now, or these characters. <laughs> I, I think absolutely not. First of all, just as a Star Wars fan, just Disney and Lucasfilm out there listening, definitely not too much. Like, keep the Star Wars uh, content coming because it's been amazing. Um, and I would say it, it's, not a, it's not a new situation, right? If I think about, you know, the Vintage Collection launched in 2010, the Black Series in 2013, uh, you know, just taking the Black Series as an example, there was, you know, there was certainly, you know, new movies launching in 2015, but we had a whole back catalog of characters to do. And so we've always had that balance, right? You know, I think about uh, 2016, for example, we certainly uh, took care of some characters from The Force Awakens, but also then peppered in some characters from Rebels, from Classic, slowly building out that back catalog. Uh, you know, we're at a point in both lines where, you know, I think we've done most of the main characters. Certainly there's some background characters that still need to be done from classics. And so it's a matter of balancing that with the new entertainment sources. So, you know, I think we, we like the challenge. We like getting out as much as possible and we're excited to continue doing that in the future. Great. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Lacey. So first of all, I think you were onto something by doing the Mandalorian line and it's just Mandalorians with every release. <laughs> there we go. Um, my last question the throne room is just so awesome. People were talking about nonstop yesterday. There's just so many pieces and it's just, it looks so cool. How do you decide what pieces to include? Because there are so many detailed little pieces from like, you know, the set and little items and the meat that roasts on the spigot and all that stuff. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. yeah. Picking the pieces is absolutely part of the fun. So I would say that, you know, as we look into the content, one of the things is going to become, you know, what pieces did the story revolve around and the characters interact with? Um, you know, for example, when we did our Bestman freezing chamber, it's all about that area where the carbonite piece drops down inside. Uh, that was the moment that made you gasp in the movie. And so those p elements that drive this story are some of the, the key areas of our play sets. Um, and yeah, other than that, I would just say, what can your figures interact with? What can you pose with your figures is really fun in this set. You know, it's like that Spotchka bottle that, you know, Fennec Shand is like leaning on the throne right. with. <laughs> and it's the, you know, the coin purse that changes hands so many times. And then just all those chalices that all of your part, you know, your denizens can all hold. Um, so yeah, what lights up the story? What lights up the play? Awesome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. hey, Eric, back to you. So, so Patrick, yesterday uh, you we learned a little bit about one of one of your big wants, and and that uh, that you've been patiently waiting for your Black Series <laughs> Saw Guerrero figure, and and you know he was announced in the pipeline. So while while we're discussing uh, you know a dream booking event, uh, Emily, if if you could snap your figure fingers right now, and uh, your dream figure appeared in front of you, who would it be, and what line would it be in? 
All right. Um, I am a longtime lover of KOTOR, uh, Knights of the Old Republic, and the video gaming world of Star Wars. So thinking about this one, I'm like, okay, who have I got? Who have I need? Um, I would say that one of my favorite all-time droids is HK-47. Uh, the sassy wise Kraken, you know, a little bit evil droid from KOTOR. Um, can't wait to see that come back out again. And um, I want them in every scale. Just every scale is HK-47. <laughs> I've got a little cluster of the three and three quarter ones already on my, uh, I've got like five HK-47s and a little like <laughs> squad on my uh, office desk. So I'd say let's go Black Series and I challenge the uh, HK-47s everywhere. Nice. That's yeah, awesome. he's ready to burn some meat bags. Meet bags. <laughs> awesome. All righty, Chris, bring us home. I don't have any questions left anymore, but uh, I do want to say thank you for coming out with the Boba Fest throne room playset. Um, I've had the Power of the Force 2 cardboard backdrop in my collection for more than 20 years. Always been hoping that uh, you guys would update that, and now you're doing it. Jabba's Palace, one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. So very, very happy. It looks amazing. And so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a dream project and an ultimate location for our collection. Yeah. So glad to bring it. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh, again, we love doing these. It's just fun for us. Um, and, and again, it's great to hear feedback from the community. We know it's a uh, valuable time out of your day, either the workday or maybe late hours for some. So we appreciate it and we look forward to doing it again soon. Thank you, dear listener, for hanging out with us today. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen, and then tell your friends to do it. Thanks also to Joe Azari, the golden voice behind our intro. Our music is Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies. Find more about them both on our show notes. Follow us on social media at AIC underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Stop by and say hi. Show us your toy hauls and share your toy stories. Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Don't try this at home. Voidware prohibited and some assembly required. Each sold separately, not a flying toy. Consult a physician if your toy run exceeds more than four hours. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.